0: Hello, everybody. I am officially back in the office after three weeks at home with my kids. Our amazing nanny, Roxanne, was away in Vietnam, so I got to spend three weeks with our kids, which any mom who's listening right now knows is a combination of the best thing in life slash... It's such a mixture. It is such a mixture. Hard moments, frustrating moments, poop on the walls, all the things. We had so, so, so much fun. We decided to make a very last-minute trip up to our family's cabin on the Sunshine Coast on a little island called Thormanby, which is my absolute favorite place in the world. It has white sand beaches and the ocean, and my parents are always up there. Both of my sisters were going, and one of my sisters, Sarah, who's pregnant right now, decided last minute that she was going to do her gender reveal up there. so So they were going to FaceTime us. And I was like, absolutely not missing this moment. I will do whatever it takes to get us there. So it turns out my mom had a ferry reservation, but we had to leave our house in 20 minutes, We were all in our pajamas having breakfast, so as you can imagine, packing up two small kids and Scott and I for a weekend away in 20 minutes was a total gong show. Anyways, we got on the highway. We completely missed the ferry, like completely missed it, so we had to think of plan B, and we decided that we would be super brave and try and take our boat up there. Which, again, is awesome in the summer and on a super calm day, but there were white caps and, you know, 20 minutes into the ride, James was in tears and Brooklyn was trying to get out of my lap. She did not want to sit still and was super uncomfortable in her life jacket. And my youngest sister, Katie, who was with us, was looking at me like, what the hell are we doing right now? So we had to make an emergency phone call to my dad, who jumped in the car and came to pick us up from Gibbs. And Scott took the boat the rest of the way. Anyways, we made it to the island. It took us like nine hours to get there. We stayed at our neighbor's cabin because our cabin is teeny tiny. It is like, I don't know, 50 years old probably. And so we couldn't all fit into this cabin. So we stayed at our neighbor's where there was not even a fireplace. So we slept in sleeping bags with duvets over us because it was so cold, (laughs) but I had to be there for this reveal. And also I just was feeling like a bit homesick as, as many of you know, we moved to Whistler in December. So I wanted to be with my family and we made it work and it was so worth it, but oh my God, we got back and we were exhausted, freezing, dirty wind blown. We took the boat all the way home on the way back because it was a little bit calmer and Brooklyn fell asleep in my arms. But all of a sudden she woke up and she was kind of weepy, but half asleep. And she just like projectile vomited all over me, all over me. The wind was blowing. So it like blew all over her. It was in her life jacket. It was all over my jacket. Again, Katie's looking at me like, what is happening? I'm pretty sure she will never have kids after this whole experience. (laughs) But you know, I feel like it's important to talk about these things because what we see on Instagram is all of these beautiful photos and I put those photos up as well of Easter and families being together and special moments and gender reveals. But we don't always talk about the the behind-the-scenes story of how we actually make it happen and how we actually – Get there. So, I really hope that by listening to this podcast and by listening to the stories that we've already shared on this podcast, that you're starting to get some of those behind the highlight reel stories that really showcase what life is all about and the fact that it is the highs and the lows that really make life exciting and rich and that, you know, provide us with opportunities to grow and to develop further than we ever thought possible. So today I do not have a guest on the show and I am not reading from any notes. I'm just here sitting with my (laughs) lovely hot cacao Four Sigmatic coffee in my sound booth. And I want to talk to you about one of the things that is the foundation of Raw Beauty Talks, and that is self-love. So by now, hopefully you've had a chance to listen to a couple of our amazing guests on the podcast. We have covered some really incredible topics, including anxiety and divorce and surviving heartbreak with the wonderful Caitlin Bristow in episode one. We talked to our first guy ever on Raw Beauty Talks, Atticus Poetry, about what guys really think about your stomach rolls. And we covered body image with Lauren Chamberlain and and the wonderful Sarah Nicole from The Bird's Papaya. Throughout all these conversations, there is a thread that connects each and every guest. No one is immune to struggle. Everyone has moments of challenge. And so often it's those moments of challenge that really expedite our growth and make us stronger. Depression, anxiety have been a huge part of my life, ups and downs throughout my entire life. So I have memories of being in the room with my dad. My mom had all of us go into the room and say goodbye to him. And I don't know what you do at 11 years old. (laughs) You sit, sit with your dad and say goodbye to him. Like it's a weird concept for me that I still tear up thinking about now. But that memory has kind of been like an overarching theme to probably the next two decades after that was just not having the tools to be able to deal with my dad being taken away from me. I was very much no longer wanting to exist on a day-to-day basis because I had this big, huge wound in my life that I was trying to heal from by like just bandaging all the time. So this episode is all about one of the fundamental, foundational things at Raw Beauty Talks, and that is this concept of self-love. If I'm being completely honest, I hated the term self-love last year. I was really struggling with it because it was just feeling super washed out. It felt like everybody was using it. It feels sort of cheesy. It's this abstract construct or this abstract idea, and... I was even really struggling to articulate to people how to find it in their own life. I knew. I knew that it was so important. I know that it is something that can change our life, that it can change the trajectory of our life, that it is the seed that we plant within ourselves that allows us to create and realize our greatest desires and dreams. However, (laughs) I was having a really hard time explaining to people what it was and how to get it. And so I have spent the last year digging deep and looking inward and reading and listening to other people's definitions of self-love to come to an understanding of what it means to me and to really, this is the important part, figure out how we activate it in our own life. And I had to understand that for myself first before I could talk about it and share it with you. And that is what we're going to do in this episode. So we're going to cover a lot of broad ideas, but what I really want you to do at the end of this is to grab a piece of paper, grab a pen, to download the questions in the show notes, and to spend a moment reflecting on them for your own life so that you can start down this journey of self-love. And I know if you're listening, that this is something you're interested in. So here's your opportunity. It's sitting right there. Join me, grab my hand, let's do this together. All right, so before we talk about what self-love is, and let me tell you, I have quite the story for you as to how I came to this. It involves a major crash and burnout. But before we discuss what my definition of self-love is, I wanna talk about why it's so important and a couple of the reasons that so many of us are struggling with it. So when we aren't living from a place of self-love, we start making decisions all the time based on what we think everyone else wants us to do. We start dressing the way that we see other influencers on Instagram dressing and we go to school and, you know, try to achieve this career that ultimately was something that our parents said that we should do. And we try and fill our bank account with money that we believe will create happiness in our life because from a very young age, we've been told that it will. And the more and more that we tune out of our own desires, that we tune out of the things that truly make us happy, the more that we focus on external drivers, the further and further away from our true self we come until one day, and it might be when you're 20 and it might be when you're 90 years old, we realize that this life that we're living feels like total crap that we're unhappy, that we're depressed, that none of it means anything. Some people have a big existential crisis. That would probably be me in that category. <laughs> Some people get sick. Some people feel pain in their bodies. Some things that you know might be guiding lights, telling you that things could be a little off track. And it doesn't mean, I'm not telling you you're gonna have to leave your husband or stop being a mom or quit your job, but these are little things that are you know probably indicators that things could be a little off so a ton of negative self talk and negative self-talk that's getting louder and louder feeling super tired because we're holding up this image that truly isn't our own if we hate our bodies and we're waging war against our bodies trying to make it something that it's not we doubt ourselves we find ourselves in constant places of comparison We can't find a place that feels comfortable in the world because we can't get comfortable in ourselves. We might have uh, some sort of disease, which is, if you break it down, this term of dis-ease in our body, signs that our body is telling us that we need to be looking inward, that we need to be paying attention inward. And so when we start to see some of these things pop up in our life, We can look at them not as a hindrance, not as a pain in the butt, but as a calling to look inwards, to self-reflect so that we can get back on a path that truly feels aligned with our deepest core values and beliefs. And the sooner that we start living from that place of self-love, life starts to reflect back to us that same love. When We know if you believe in this type of thing, the law of attraction, that like attracts like. So when we're living from a place of love for ourselves, we are going to attract more of the things that expand and build upon that love. So that could mean a number of things, and it's going to be very different for everybody. But what I can say is that life starts feeling different. You feel more love. You feel more calm. You feel more fulfilled in your career, in your love life, in your relationships. And everything just starts to flow a lot easier. It doesn't feel like you're swimming upstream anymore. So that is what I want for you. That is what we're aiming for here. Okay, so let's tackle this whole question of why we're struggling with it. I mean, the first part is super easy and simple, and we talk about it all the time. It's this society that we live in, the media that we receive from a very young age that is constantly giving us messages that we aren't enough as we are. We live in a society that literally thrives off of our insecurities, a society that tells us we need X, Y, and Z. Our bank account should look like this. We should have this many followers. Your business card should have this title. Your hips should be exactly this wide. Your boobs should be this big. And your face should never age. And it creates all these insecurities and feelings of not being enough so that we go out And we make purchases. We invest time and energy and money into the things that society is selling in the hopes that once we get those things, we'll find happiness, we'll find success, we'll find the ultimate love. It's a brilliant, brilliant system. And we're releasing an episode very shortly with Katie Wilcox, where she really breaks down how all of this works. Now, so many of us know this already, but the impact that it has at a very subconscious level is so powerful that day to day, we really have to work to remind ourselves of what is happening so that we can find acceptance in the individual that we are without having to reflect back what media and society are telling us that we should be. So the second reason so many of us are struggling with us is that self-love, again, has been mentioned in media so much these days, which is brilliant. I'm so happy about it because it means that more and more people are becoming familiar with it. But the problem is that the context that it's represented in is often tied to things like standing in front of the mirror and saying, I love you over and over again, or having a long bubble bath or having a glass of wine with a girlfriend. And while all of these things are super important, I, for one, need the odd glass of wine with a girlfriend. I need a moment to watch Kardashians. I love beautiful shower with eucalyptus steam and my favorite products, but this is self-care. This is self care, which is one portion of self love. It is not where we're going to find self love within us. It supports that journey and it is so important. But at the end of the day, self love is going to take a bit more work than that. And I think we do ourselves a bit of a disservice when we pretend. That it is as simple as, you know, repeating a positive affirmation or uh, having that bubble bath or whatever it is, all of those things that I just mentioned. When we pretend that we're going to find self love in those things, it does us a disservice because often we wake up and we still feel kind of crappy because we're not addressing those bigger questions, those bigger beliefs. And then again, we feel like, a failure. So it creates more of a vicious cycle in my mind. And while I believe we have to make time for self care and it should definitely be a priority, and as I said, it supports the bigger work of self love, it's not as simple as that. Okay, so the definition of self love. Uh, in order to really share this with you, I have to tell you another story. And it's not my prettiest moment by any means, but as I always say, It's often in those tough, challenging moments that we find the greatest nuggets, the greatest light bulb moments. I was about nine months out after having my beautiful daughter, Brooklyn, and I was working hard on Raw Beauty Talks. I had my Pilates studio, um, which also took quite a bit of work. We had little James, who was uh, just under three at the time, and Brooklyn, Oh, and I was trying to do it all. I was trying to hold it all together. And at one point I was in the bathroom. I had just launched our group coaching course and I had 15 beautiful souls in this program. I was so excited to work with them. And I remember just feeling more elated than I've ever felt in the shower, just feeling like my life is so full. I'm so grateful. I'm feeling so energized Little did I know that energy (laughs) was actually adrenaline that was about to run out two seconds later. You know, I felt like, ah, I'm finally doing it. I'm finally, I'm finally making my dreams come true. And literally about five (laughs) minutes later, something in my body snapped. And like I said, I really think my adrenal system had just had enough and I felt this Oh, run of anxiety. I can still feel it in my body when I think about it right now, move throughout my entire body. And I caught my breath and this thought came into mind of you're not going to be able to continue to build this with your family. You need to leave your family. You need to leave your husband. If you want to continue to have the success, you can't do it with them here. And my breath caught, like I actually feel my breath catching right now as this thought came into my mind it felt so real. It felt so normal. But my response to it, of course, wasn't normal because this is a terrifying thought and a terrifying idea. And I had my first panic attack right then and there in the bathroom. I didn't know exactly what was happening. All I knew was that I couldn't breathe anymore. My my chest felt super tight and this insane amount of anxiety had flooded throughout my entire body. And this was the start of my journey through postpartum anxiety and panic attacks. It was this intrusive thought that had popped into my mind that for some reason caught on a loop and continued to loop in my mind of, you have to leave your family. You have to leave your husband. And every time this thought would come into my mind, I would have a panic attack. My body my body, which is so wise and knows so much, knew that it wasn't right. And so it would go into panic mode. But my mind, which had become unhealthy because I wasn't treating my body right. I wasn't getting enough sleep. I wasn't getting enough nourishment. I was burning the candle at both ends and all around. I don't know what I was doing. I had like blow dryers on the candle. And so my body was very clearly telling me this message isn't right. But my mind was very sure that in order to continue to succeed, in order to build you know, what I wanted to build in my work life, that I couldn't do it with a family. So this led me to the therapist chair where I spent a few weeks really diving into what my definition of family is, what my definition of love is, what my definition of marriage is, because I knew, I knew deep down, despite this intrusive thought that was in my mind that I could have both and that I wanted both. And so as I looked at what love meant to me, In regards to my marriage, you know, you think about a relationship at the very beginning, how much passion there is and how much fire there is. And, you know, seven years down the road and changing a lot of diapers and nobody's sleeping and both of you are trying to build your business. Some of that passion and that daily fire it turns into embers. (laughs) It is a low and slow glow. (laughs) It doesn't mean you don't love that person, but it feels a lot different than it initially did at the very beginning. And so I started to look at love as rather than being this, you know, Passion filled emotion that we see in movies as being more of an action that we take towards an individual in our life. It is a way of showing up for somebody from a place of love, accepting them for all that they are and changing that from an emotion, that term of love from an emotion to an action to a verb. And with that, I feel that we're allowed to have a lot more control and power over our actions with emotions. often we just feel them. They're running through us. We react and we feel this emotion with an action. We can consciously choose how we show up for that individual. And whether it is your marriage, the person that you're married to, whether it is a friend, whether it is a parent, we can act through love. And so as I started to create this definition in my mind, a light bulb went off and I realized it is the exact same with self love. So often in media, we're presented with this image of waking up one day or, you know, doing enough meditation or standing in front of the mirror long enough saying, I love you. I love you. I love you that we will one day just become overcome with this emotion of self love when it is not that simple. Self love, like any form of love requires action. It requires nurturing. It requires time and consistency. I think one of the places that we go wrong in thinking of self-love is that we, we equate it to just being a feeling or an emotion. If we think of self-love as a feeling, we either have it or we don't. It either becomes really black and white and kind of out of our control. We fall into this mentality of just waiting to wake up one day and feel it. Or we switch back to that mistake of looking for the feeling in things where we'll never find it, in money in a bank account, in likes on Facebook, in having cool clothes. When I think of self-love, I consider it to be a verb first and foremost. It is an action that you take to honor yourself and the unique individual that you are. Self-love is the art of discovering who you are and then making choices in your life that are aligned with that, letting that woman show up and not only giving her room to bloom, but also showing her love. Now, as you can imagine, this act of self-love, as I just described, takes some time. It doesn't happen overnight. It is our life practice. And it certainly doesn't happen by just standing in front of a mirror repeating I love you or by sitting in that damn bubble bath. <laughs> if only it was that easy, honestly. Oh, This kind of self-love requires patience as you practice figuring out what makes you feel good and what doesn't make you feel good. It asks for awareness as you tune into what lights you up and what drains you. Like any kind of love, self-love... Requires a bit of work. Think about that loving relationship that you have. It could be with a parent or a friend or your partner. Now, I'm guessing you've probably spent time really getting to know that person. You didn't just wake up one day feeling madly in love with them. Over time, you've learned what they like to eat, you've learned what they like and dislike about their job. You know what to say when they're going through a difficult time, and you also know what they like to do for fun. You've probably had amazing times with them and possibly some moments when you've really butt heads or had, you know, full on war with them. But the more time that you've invested in these relationships, the stronger they've become and the more that they give back to you. So think of self-love in this same way, but this time you're in the relationship with yourself. If you expect to just wake up one morning Feeling madly in love with yourself, you could be waiting for a really, really long time. All right. So, you've got the concept of self love. You understand my definition for it. You understand some of the reasons that we're struggling to find it. And now we're going to talk about the really, really important stuff the three C's. This is where the rubber hits the pavement. What is that saying? The metal pedal hits the metal. I can't remember it. I'm totally blanking right now, but you know what I mean. This is where we take action in our own life because it's super nice to sit back and listen to a podcast. But at the end of the day, I always, always want you to get a new tool from these things that you can apply to your own life. So you can sit back and listen to the three C's, but then I fully encourage you to download the free PDF. It's totally free. It's simple to get it and to go through these questions yourself. All right, a break from our sponsor and then I'll see you back here. Fast forward to the end of 2024. Think of your goals for a second. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you wanna learn a new language, you absolutely should get Babbel. Entry anytime soon, start using Babel a few weeks before you go to learn basics like how to order food, ask for directions, speak to merchants without having to consult language apps while you're away. So fun. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. That's spelled B A B B E L over I started hearing about adaptogens about a year ago and was like adapt a what? <laughs> Honestly, since then though, I have learned that adaptogens are natural substances that help our body adapt or normalize to things like stress or fatigue, which a lot of us are battling in today's world. One of my favorite ways to incorporate them into my daily routine is through Four Sigmatic's delicious organic pre mushroom beverages. Now please note I love mushrooms, but these drinks don't taste at all like mushrooms. You just get the benefits. Their hot chocolate with reishi is the perfect mid-afternoon pick-me-up or before-bed treat, and it helps combat stress and increase those feelings of calm that we're all looking for. I also love their turmeric latte, which promotes healthy skin, something that, of course, I've been focused on since having two small babies. If you're looking for something creamy and delicious with a serious health kick, you're just going to have to try this stuff for yourself. Trust me, it is so, so good. Get 15% off your next order by using the discount code RAWBEAUTY15. That's RAWBEAUTY15 at us.4sigmatic.com. That's us.4 the number four, Sigmatic. S I G M A T I C dot com. Let me know what you think. Now let's get back to the show. So now we've got this concept of self love and that it is more of an action than just an emotion or a feeling that we're waiting to feel. But how do we actually apply it to your life? Okay, so that's where the three C's of self love come in curiosity. Compassion and commitment to self. Write those three things down if you can curiosity, compassion, commitment to self. The first part of self love is rooted in curiosity, staying curious about yourself, allowing yourself to step into greater self awareness, heightening your ability to discover what truly makes you happy and what truly makes you feel healthy and makes you feel vibrant. So here are some questions that you might want to ask, and I'm going to include a free PDF download that you can access in the show notes that will have a lot more questions in it if you want, kind of want to go through a journaling exercise of self-discovery with yourself. What do you enjoy doing? Really? Like what gives you energy? What lights you up? What makes you laugh? Who do you really enjoy spending time with? What do you need when you're going through a rough patch? What foods make you feel awesome? And which ones leave you feeling tired and gassy? Now note, I did not ask you what foods did Self Magazine tell you that you need to be eating? What foods make you feel awesome? I can't eat kale or chickpeas or onions. And I'm pretty sure all those are highly recommended food items, but they just don't work with my body. What works for you? Are you introverted or extroverted, or are you a combination of both? Do you feel best in jeans and a simple t-shirt, or do you like using clothes as an expression of self and you want to change it up every single day? What triggers you to eat more, or what triggers you to feel kind of low and tired and depressed? What stirs up your anxiety? Then consider what helps you to get through challenging moments. When does your body feel happy? When does it feel healthy? When does it feel energized? We feel it spend so much time in school learning about different animals and what atoms are made up of. Clearly, I've forgotten that our atoms might be the smallest molecule. Okay, I'm just going to stop right now. Science, I got an A in it, but clearly it just left everything back in grade 12. My point is that... <laughs> We spend so much time learning about so many things and yet spend so little time learning about ourselves. So the second part of self-love, compassion, is to practice self-compassion as we learn about ourselves. It's one thing to know yourself and it's another to accept yourself. As you think about these things and answer these big questions, notice the narrative in your head. Is it supportive towards your preferences? Or somewhere along the way, did you stick a label onto your preferences and say that they were good or bad or right or wrong? Sometimes it's hard to accept who we are. I can really get down on myself for not being X, Y, or Z. In any given moment, but if I'm practicing self-compassion and curiosity, I can quiet that negative self-talk down and move myself into a place where I'm more open to the greatness that can come from being who I am. So, what if I don't know what an atom is? I don't need to know every single thing and every single part of me. I could be really embarrassed right now because some of you are rolling your eyes, thinking, "Who is this girl?" But You know, at the end of the day, I know my strengths and I'm okay with my weaknesses. As you start to become aware of those thoughts in your head, you'll also create some space between the thought and the reaction that you have to it. So you won't feel as intensely as you think these things. The law of attraction states that like attracts like. So if we allow ourselves to sit in a place of resentment and anger and self-hatred, we're only going to attract more of that. Practicing self-compassion allows us to exist from a place of self-love again. Okay, step three, is the final step, commitment to self. Step three is where we take action. It's where we take the information we've learned by going inward and we honor it in our own life. If we discover that we're quite introverted and we need to recharge alone, we create time for that in our schedule, even if it affects the people around us a little bit. If everyone is eating vegan and it makes your hair fall out, It's time to change your diet to do what works for you. If we hate going to the gym, but we love dancing, we turn up the music in our house and we move that way. We honor ourselves and our life by doing the things that light us up and that make us feel good. We eat in a way that feels good. We move in a way that feels good. We do work that is aligned with our purpose. We surround ourselves with people that lift us up and light us up and teach us. And slowly, as we live from this place of self-love, we start attracting more love into our life. This is the part where we start to feel full. This is how we pour a strong foundation so that whatever comes our way, we can face it head first, knowing that we're going to survive, that we can pull ourselves out of it. I want you to start thinking of self-love as a verb, or as an action that you practice using the three C's, curiosity, compassion, and commitment to self. Now, I want to note that even as we start to live from a place of self-love, we're still going to have struggle and challenge in our life. (laughs) life isn't meant to be happy 24 seven. That's not a realistic goal. There's all these courses out there now that are saying like, sign up to be your happiest self. And that's great. But we have to keep in mind that life is still going to be effing hard sometimes and that that's normal. And it's part of the process. In fact, it's in those hard times that we really learn to appreciate the good times. And it's in those hard times that we fast track our own personal growth. Sometimes it's even in those hard times that we find our purpose. That reason for living that is bigger than us. That is certainly where I found my purpose and what led me to be right here connecting with you. I've created a handout that you can download in the show notes with some journaling questions you can ask yourself to start to get to know yourself. I also outline my definition of self-love along with the three C's. We'll be diving into all of this stuff in a lot more detail in the coming episodes. You get one life. If you're a woman living in North America, that is an average of 28,689 days. They are ticking away. I don't say that to freak you out, but to remind you to start living your life, the one that feels good for you. You are here for a reason, and you have a unique set of gifts that make this world a better place. Self love is simply recognizing this and really living life through this lens. If you enjoyed this episode today, please share it with a friend or take a screenshot and share it on social media tagging at rawbeautytalks. We will be regramming your posts every week. And as always, as you listen to these episodes, keep tuning back into yourself to see what truly resonates for you and your body. Thanks so much for listening.